0: understanding the personal revival. Today I want to touch on the revival in the church, ecclesia, the ecclesia revival. And um, interestingly, um, this revival of the church is as one of the most crucial things that the world is even waiting for and expecting. Um, the Bible says in Romans chapter eight, From the verse number 18, he says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the weight of glory that is to be revealed. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creation itself was not made subject to vanity willingly, but by reason of the same that subjected it into hope. And Bible says that the Lord shall deliver them who have been born by the bondage of corruption and be delivered into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. And when he was communicating this, he was talking about how creation was waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now, I will touch on uh, the revival of the church and we'll get into how the revival of the world will look like. Now, the revival of the church in the world are kind of synonymous to each other. But in understanding the revival of the church, we have to understand the blessing, the dynamism that is involved in working in God's glorious assignment as the church. Now, in Ephesians 1, from verse 20, it says that, which he wrought in Christ Jesus, when he raised him from the dead which he wrought in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and set him above, far above principalities and powers. So he's talking about a group of people um, that the Lord Jesus fashioned or created on his resurrection. So when the Lord was raised from the dead, he set a group of people and Bible says, which he wrought in Christ Jesus, When he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but in that which also is to come, and have put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all and is in all. Now, the message translation of the verse number 22 and 23, the message translation of the verse number 22 and 23 uh, uh, reads, in Ephesians chapter 1, the verse number 22 and 23, it says that, just a moment, yeah, Ephesians 1, Verse 22 and 23, and I read. All right, from 20 actually. Say so all these energy issues from Christ, God raised him from the from death and set him on the throne in deep heaven, in charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to government. So he's saying that when Christ was raised, God raised Christ from the from the from death and set him on the throne in deep heaven, in charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to government, no name and no power exempt from his rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all, has the final word on everything. And the center of all this is the, is I is, say, is, is, is Christ rules the church. The church you see is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body, in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. So, obviously, when God created the, 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 the heavens and the earth, and went through all the galaxies and all through the universe, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that ye are the workmanship of God. Ye are the workmanship of God, or ye are the lost workpiece, a masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. And some will say that you know, every artist has a masterpiece. I, an artist, every artist will have a you know, Michelangelo and then Leonardo da Vinci. They were all great artists. They were great, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, poets and all that. But in all work, they had something called a masterpiece. And these masterpieces were kind of um, items that characterized, you know, who and what, you know. Uh, 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 in, in other words, their uh, entire artistry capacity was able to do. Leonardo da Vinci, the Mona Lisa, Michelangelo, the Hand of God, they had special artistry work that was in charge, you know, in this case, uh, were in charge in this case uh, 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 for the creation of one item that stood out to characterize their ministry, to characterize their assignment, characterize their ability. So. Same with God when God created the heavens and the earth, in as much as the heavens are the space space is so vast, and you know scientists to tell you that uh, a man has not been able to observe nine uh, percent um, of the observable man has only able to has been only able to observe nine percent of the observable universe that same uh, 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 what they call it uh, thing that has has, 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 has been uh, hidden for man and and, and man has not been able to observe and search out. Bible says that, you know, that isn't the workman piece, workman, uh, workmanship of God. Because when God finished that, God now crowned his creation with man. Man became the creation, uh, the crowning of God's creation. Yet that was not even God's masterpiece. The masterpiece is not the seas, neither is it the earth, and all is glory and grandeur not the largest creature, not the elephant, not all these wonderful things that we see. The masterpiece of God is not even man. Because Bible says that when he made man, man was supposed to enter a certain relation, a certain dimension, a certain a, a, a fellowship with God. But once upon a time, God found an, a people. And these people, according to Ephesians chapter, 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 chapter 4 and chapter 2, it spoke about how they were made, In uh, uh, what do you call it, the new man was made, even in Christ, Bible says, having uh, uh, destroyed the middle wall of partition, has made of one new man twin, and Bible says therefore abolishing and destroying the division that was the enmity that was between them, and Bible says, and has made in himself one new man, so the new man, which is the church is actually the workmanship of God, and the reason is that of all the things God created The church is the only entity that has its elements for creation or function being the entirety of the Lord Jesus himself, okay? So the, the Lord Jesus himself became the constituent material for the building of the church or the building of the church of God, hallelujah. So this reality is this, that the church we see it's not just an organizational structure. The church we see is a governmental unit from God. The church you see is the kingdom of heaven on earth. Remember when Jesus came, he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Then in Acts chapter one, he spoke to them about how the spirit was coming. And when the spirit was coming, you know, he was come to uh, uh, baptize them and take over things. And the disciples asked them and said, in verse six of Acts chapter uh, uh, what do you call it? One that have you come to restore the kingdom of God unto us at this time? And because of that, you know, the Bible says they asked him a simple question. They asked him a simple question, that has he come to restore the kingdom of God at this time? And scripture said that Jesus spoke to them and said, the hour and the seasons knoweth no man, but God has reserved it in his own power but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come on you. So on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost came, the Holy Ghost mystically indwelt the church and the church became the junction. The church became the address. The church became the embassy for the kingdom of God. So when the church was mystically indwelt by the third person of the Godhead, the entire universe is run by the church. The entire systems of the world is run by the church. But the problem is that We do not know our mandates. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20, like we learned last week, that we have been made ambassadors of Christ by the which God reconciles the world to himself. So if a believer comes to this world or a believer is born again and comes into Christ, the goal of the believer in Christ is to do the bidding of the one who sent him as an ambassador on the earth. Otherwise, once you get born again, you should be raptured to heaven. You are not supposed to be here on earth. But when we get born again, we become God's governmental structure, God's governmental system for running galaxies right down to even schools and right down to families, even wherever we find ourselves. So when we see asteroids coming to the earth, when we see cataclysmic events coming to the earth, we see typhoons, we see hurricanes and all those things coming to the earth, the church is supposed to be in charge or staying such disasters or allowing such disasters. But unfortunately, we do not know this. And because we do not know this, the earth has been put into chaos and sent out of course. So in as much as the revival begins from the unit level, which is the personal level, we also have to understand that the personal level now weaves in to the corporate level, which is the church. And the moment we understand the proper church life, the moment we begin to understand the proper way the church must operate in, it to create in us and create for us a certain beautiful dynamic where we realize that from definition from scripture, the church is the only headed institution in the world. Now forget all governments, presidents, and all that. But the church is the only headed institution that is in the world because we receive our instructions directly from the Lord Jesus himself. So the church does not do what it wants. The church does only what the Lord Jesus instructs it to do. So as Joel said in Joel chapter two, from the verse number four down to six, he said, everyone shall be in rank and none shall break their rank. Then the Bible says also that strong is he that executed his word. Strong is he that executed his word. So if the church comes to the revelation of knowing his word, in this case, his word is the command because Joel two says that he shall utter his command before his coming. He shall utter his command before army. And strong is he that executed his word. Strong is he that executed his word. So if we come to understand that our command, the command of God, the instruction of God, the leading of God is actually commensurate strength. Then the church will not be as it is today. The church will be one of the most dangerously equipped um, entities in the world that is in charge of determining legislature, that is in charge of dethroning kings, that is in charge of arranging the systems of the earth according to the plan and agenda of God. But i like to say, first and foremost, that the word God gave the church, according to Psalm 82, he said, God standed in the congregation of the mighty, and stands in the midst of the gods. And he says, you know, we continue to uh, uh, allow the the poor to be poor, continue to allow injustice to prevail. And so many things are happening on the earth. Why? Because verse five says, they know not, neither do they understand. One of the secrets about our new birth is, we are called not to necessarily get into doing things, but we are much more called, much more to hear his voice. And hearing his voice begins to create the strength that makes us do things. The principle of the spirit is that the more you hear, the more you see. The more you hear, the more you see. How you hear will determine what you see. So Jesus said in Matthew 12, take heed what and how you hear. Take heed what and how you hear. If this whole corona pandemic began and I begin to listen to news all the time and and hear the news all the time and how the pandemic is horrible and all that, I'll begin to see it. Now, if I begin to listen to the word of God and how God is victorious and how the strength of God is true and how the power of God is true and how in the time of difficulty and drought, we are going to prosper. It's going to cause us to begin to see something inter- and different. Remember, when the Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 3, the serpent came into the garden. And these are principles we have to understand from the book of beginnings. It becomes a system of interpretation that runs through the entire principle of that same uh, um, subject. When Eve got to speak to the serpent, Bible said the serpent said, as God said, thou shalt not eat of the fruit of,' and all those things he said. The Bible says that the serpent said to him, he said, no, thou shalt not die, but thou shalt surely be like God. And the Bible says, all the while, Adam and Eve have been walking in the garden. But after the conversation, Eve now saw that the fruit was good to eat and was pleasant to the eyes. Eve now saw, after talking, her vision changed. After talking, the description changed how she could see things. And she began to see that the fruit was good enough. A lot of us aren't having a problem of sin. A lot of us are having a problem of what we are hearing that makes sin look enticing that makes Luke error enticing, that makes Luke being lazy Tyson. that makes um, mediocrity Tyson. that makes us being indolent and apathetic in church life Tyson because of what we keep listening to, because of what we keep hearing. A church can fail, a people can fail, a pastor can fail, but Jesus is true. So Bible says, let God, it said, let all men be liars and let the Lord God be true. Hallelujah. So in Ephesians 1, Paul now prays a prayer. There are two major prayers, in fact, three prayers, uh, the the Pauline prayers in the book of Colossians, book of Ephesians. But in Ephesians 1, uh, in the book of Ephesians, Paul prays majorly twice in that book. In the first chapter, uh, one which began our, the entire book of Ephesians speaks about our body life. Okay, Colossians speaks about Christ, who is the head of the church. So Colossians talks about the headship of Christ, who is the image of the invisible God, is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We are completing him who is the head of principalities and powers, Colossians 2, 9, 10, and all that. It begins to describe the head, the headship of Jesus. But the head without the body becomes a strange entity. So the body also here is then the book of Ephesians that describes the body life. So Christ is described in Colossians. The church is described in Ephesians. So in Colossians, you notice that Ephesians and Colossians seem to be twin um, scriptures. You know, Colossians 3 speaks about how the word should weekly really dwell in us and in and, and all wisdom and understanding, you know, then we'll be able to speak to ourselves in hymns and spiritual songs. Same is mentioned in Ephesians 5. If I if you do the correlation, close to about 98 verses are directly replic- replicated in the, in the both chapters. Okay. Now, In Ephesians, because it speaks about the body life, it begins to explain to us the foundation, the basis for which the body life or the church life is experienced. And Paul said, before this thing can be experienced, I'm going to show you something. The Bible says that, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So he's saying, number one, that there's a locative tense he's using here, that the church is located in Christ Jesus. The church is located in Christ Jesus. We must understand that we are not located in the earth. We must understand that we are not located in the sky. We are located in Christ. Philippians 3.20 said, For our citizenship is in heaven, from whence we look unto our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who shall come and change our vile bodies, and that it might be fashioned like unto his. So our conversation, our citizenship is from heaven. So, though we are on earth, we are actually spirit beings manifested in earthly places. We are not human beings trying to have spiritual experiences, we are spiritual beings having earthly experiences for the sake of the manifestation of the heavenly kingdom. So, this reality must now wire through our minds because if it doesn't wire through our minds, then we'll understand why Paul kept praying for the church that he prays for them. To the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that they be granted with the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the eyes of the understanding will be enlightened, that they may know. So, Paul is saying that before I tell you what is going on here, your eyes must be flooded with light. And if your eyes are flooded with light, you will come to a full comprehension of what I'm talking about. He said so that they may know what is the hope of the calling what calling is that the word calling is the ecclesia the called out ones there is a hope there is an agenda there is a picture by which god called us out and brother sister this hope is so grand is so mighty to the extent that paul said which he said for which reason i strive with every energy available with superhuman energy that every man shall be converted to come to the knowledge of this hope that we have What is that hope? He said, to whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It means that Christ in us is the glorious riches of our inheritance, even in glory. So he's saying Christ in us is the hope of glory, whom we preach, whom we preach. So it is a certain reality we have come to. And Paul says, when you come to knowledge, and understanding revelation, you will be able to see and comprehend properly what is this hope that is our calling. God called us out in Ephesians 1. The Bible says in the verse number five, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise and glory of his grace, wherewith he has made us accepted in the beloved. He has made us accepted in the beloved and this mystery is this that when God was calling us before the foundation, the word predestinate is the Greek word proviso, and proviso means to choose full time and to encircle before time. Proviso is giving us a picture where it's like I I, I the 2021, uh, probably G Wagon or Lexus Jeep or. Toyota Jeep Land Cruiser or something, and I I am contacted by a Toyota company or I contact the Toyota company and tell them that I want the the 2021 um, Lexus Jeep. Then I look to the pictures, the color, the specifications, the capacity of the car, the horsepower of the car, engine strength and all that, and I begin to specify exactly what I'm looking for. The moment I do that and I circle and send to them means that's my choice and that's what I want. This is what actually the word predestinate means. God chose us. God encircled us. God customised what he wanted as in what he wanted to see was what he has already chosen before the foundations of the earth. Before we ever showed up, we had already been chosen in him. And when we were chosen in him, we were chosen to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. And this adoption of children is the word heotesia, Where you get the word hios or heels. Heotesia is the making of sons. So if you read it in literal terms, it says that, unto the making of sons of children by Jesus Christ to himself. Unto the making of sons of children by Jesus Christ unto himself. So we have been called to be made sons from the state of childish childishness into the By the image of Jesus Christ To the Lord himself To the Lord himself So the church's main priority Is not What everybody does The main priority of the church Is for the confirmation To the image of his son Because the moment we get conformed to his son In totality In experience Then everything that must conform to us Will conform to us As it conforms to the son He said, it behooved him by whom are all things and for whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. In Hebrews chapter 2, the verse number 10. So God sent forth a son so he could have sons. He sowed a corn of grain so he could have much grains. So for God to have sons, he had to sow a son into the earth so he could have sons. And the church today is a collective entity of the sons of God. But the goal is we will come to a place where we have been called out. We are the called out. We are not called from hellfire to heaven. No. We are not called from disaster, damnation to heaven. No. In fact, if you read scripture and theology, you realize that heaven is just a tentative place for the human souls, for the human spirit's excursion to await the resurrection of his glorified body. It's just a tentative location for, our, for, for the human spirit on an excursion to see all God has planned and prepared, awaiting the glorious union to his glorious body for the assumption of assignments indeed. So Bible says that after all this is done, we'll spend some few years in heaven and we'll return to the earth. And when we return to the earth, that's where our real manifestations will begin to be seen and be we sure. We'll get into that probably next week. But the goal I'm trying to put across is this, that everything the church is and everything the church must be, the Bible says, that he may present unto himself a glorious church. Now that tense, that he may present unto himself a glorious church without spot, without wrinkle, without stylus, without uh, uh, blemish or any such thing therein. The tense that was used there is not a futuristic tense. It is actually what the Greek call the aorist tense. The Aries Tense means that it is a, an event that has been done once and for all in the past. What it means is this. God has already presented to himself. Look, look God is so eternal. <laughs> he knows that if he looks at the church today, if, I mean, for lack of a better expression, he might have a heart attack. So he's already presented to himself in the spirit, a glorious church without spots, without wrinkles. So everything we see is the experience of the church. But everything God sees is the, is the state of the church in the spirit. He sees the church as a perfect body. He sees the church as a glorious body. But what is happening is the experience of the church is contrary to the state or the position of the church. Why? We are the governors of the earth. We are the kings among the nations of the earth. We are supposed to rule, adjudicate the purpose and plan of God. But it starts by revelation. It starts by revelation. Because once we don't know, once we don't understand, the earth shall be out of course and the reason is because of the church. And I like what the message said. The message said, ignorant judges, head in some judges. They do not understand that the running of the universe is in their hands. We are in charge of the world. If there's any abortion in life today, it is because the church aborted its glorious mission." of evangelism if there's any abortion we see in the world today is because the church discarded its abortion aborted the assignment of evangelism assignment of soul winning that is why we have the disasters we are seeing today the church is responsible as we read in the message translation that the church is not peripheral to the world in other words we are not experiencing situations because the world determines the so. but whatever we are experiencing in the world is because the church has been silent. So he said it is the world that is peripheral to the church, implying that the center, the administration, the center, the people God will ask, the people God will blame, the people God will require answers from, isn't the world, it is the church. Because the church is the reason why the world is in the state it is in. And i like to touch on something that's very interesting for us to come to why this revelation mandate is key. Why this revelation mandate is key. Why it's key. In 1 Corinthians chapter 21, verse 26 and 27, Apostle Paul was speaking and was admonishing the church in Corinthians because at the time uh, some people were lauding their pedigree, their birth, and all that upon other people. And he spoke about how they are neither Jews nor Greeks, but the Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Then he says in verse 25 that because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men, for ye see your calling. Brethren, how that not many wise, not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolishness of the world to confound the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. The might of the church, the strength of the church, is in our calling. And I said to you in Ephesians 1, when God called us to himself, the word called out, which is Ecclesia, as we speak, as we say it and know it, is not a calling out from disaster. So the picture is given us, one who comes to stand without, and shouts on the top of his voice, trying to call people out of trouble, out of plagues, out of pain, out of, you know, there's a fire that has broken out. And this person is shouting, come out, come out, there's a fire. There's there's a fire outbreak, so come out. No, that's not the picture that he's talking about here. God didn't come to call us out of danger and call out of trouble. No, God came to call us out, as we read in verse five, unto himself not to call us out of the building as in the picture of the fireman that is shouting for a person to escape so they can escape to a place of safety. But the place of safety in this regard is God. So when God was calling us, he didn't call us to leave a place and stand aloof, but he called us to leave the place of disaster unto himself, to bring us to himself, who is the place of safety. Then he says that not, you know, our calling, our calling, our ecclesia, our churching, our church life. God called not many wise, not many wise after the flesh, not many mighty, and not many noble after the flesh. Now, when I meditated into the word noble, you know, of course, we know wisdom, we know might, but when I check the word noble, the word in the Greek is the word Eugenis or Eugen. Eugenis E U G E N E. When we say the word Eugen, is the word noble? Eugenis or Eugen, and you is the word for good okay then genius or genes so uh uh, gene speaks speaks of birth speaks of generation now the word eugenics or noble implies one that is well born and i know in nigeria there's there's a there's a there's a a slang or there's a word we use in pidgin language that your mama born you well so it's 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 actually it's actually a literal translation of the word noble your mama born you well The word born well to be born well to be born well, to have well birth, is called the word eugenist. to have excellent genes. All right, to have excellent genes. And of course, we know that uh, 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 the basic unit of heredity is actually the, the genes. That is what actually communicates color, communicates character, communicates background, expresses uh, um, facial attributes. All those things, human traits we see, they are carried and on the on, on the on the on the wings or, or they are carried and transmitted by genes but in this regard it says these people have excellent genes Paul was saying that God chose not those who were wise in the time because of the 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 gentle wealth he did also chose those who were also mighty in terms of strength and their capacity to conquer nations or mighty nations and he also chose people who also have noble birth all right he didn't choose people who have noble birth who were well born or who had high birth or sons of kings or monarchs, or, and these people are actually people who are actually royals, sons of kings. And there are people who are like that. They are called the blue-blooded patricians. They are the pedigree of society. They are the upper crust. And it's not just by position; it's by birth. All right, it's by birth. They have a certain way their genes are and designed. For instance, when you come to sports, by birth, the Kenyans have super, superiority in genes because they stay in higher regions. Um, elevations on the earth and because of that their body undergoes a certain type of mutation that causes more red blood cells to be produced so that they can dissolve oxygen from the blood faster than a normal person staying on a plane that's the time they can run longer and after running they still haven't lost their breath because their genes have been designed to be able to dissolve oxygen faster at a faster rate than we who don't have that type of gene the same with uh, um, even intelligence in 1955, Albert Einstein died. One of the smartest man that has ever lived. And uh, uh, a pastor recently found a great, great granddaughter of his. And when he found her, he realized that the young girl had five doctorates and was going on her sixth, and had professorialship and was actually being considered for emeritus status. And has five doctorates, PhDs, at a very tender age, less than 40 years. She already had five PhDs. And he realized that her IQ and her intelligence was that of her great, great grandfather, because he now noticed that she was a descendant, a direct descendant of Albert Einstein. In 1917, before the Red Army's total takeover of Russia, the USSR regime, there was a man called Stalin, who at the time, because he wanted to create a very, uh, uh, what do you call it, a Marxist socialist uh, society, decided to kill all the aristocrats, all them that were connected to the chars, and all them that were influential in society, and all them that were of royal blood. He decided to kill all of them because they wanted to control the government. Because these men were actually the wealthy class and controlled government. So he wanted to kill all of them so he would have a new state and a new system of governance. And when he seized them, he killed them. But some found a way to escape to Europe. And when they ran to Europe, recently they were doing an and. Morphic study of, of migration and all that. And they noticed something that had happened in Russia, that after the USSR fell and Russia began to become more democratic, they noticed a new breed of people showing up. And then just recently in the 1990s and 2000, they noticed a new breed of people coming up who are called the super rich Russians. And strangely enough, beloved, when they went to do a genetic tracing of these people, they were connected to the same family and families who were the nobles and the wealthy class and the rich in society that governed uh, 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 Russia in the 1900s and the days of the Charles and their the kings and all that. They had still genetic traits. Though they had left Russia, they still prospered and came back as super... There are some people with genes like that, no matter where you put them in the world they will still prosper. No matter where you put them in the world, they will still come up at the top. No matter what you do to them, they will still be the primus inter pares. No one can stand on their, uh, on their level. But the strange thing is that if earthly genes can be this beautiful, if earthly genes can be this intense, if earthly genes can be this glorious, then how much more we who according to Titus 3 5 says, It said, Not by works of righteousness that anyone should, by, by his mercy are we saved by the washing of regeneration. We have been regened by God, we have been regened by God, and God has regened the people who have better genes than people of noble birth, according to the flesh. We have a better pedigree, we have a better upper crust. A, a status. We have, a bet, we have the genes of God. Not a man. We have the genes of God. And until the church comes to this revelation that we have the genes of God, is going to create a certain mentality that is causing us to miss out on what we must do upon the earth. So the church must realize that we have received a better gene than the genes that are in the world. Anyone who is noble, anyone who is capable, anyone who has an ability in the world, we have a better gene. We have a superiority gene. And this gene, Bible says, by the washing of regeneration and by the renewing of the Holy Spirit. Our genetic composition is mixed up with ability, power, regeneration, wisdom. What Christ can do, we do. What Christ did, we do. Much more, even what he didn't do that he left in our care to do. Christ is the prototype and we are the duplication. And if we are and blessed and surprised and awed by those who have pedigree and, and noble birth according to the natural genes. How much more we who have the supernatural superior genes. The reality is that we are the solution to the world. And God builded us as such. God builded us as such. And strangely enough, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, we see the practicality of how God made us the influence of the world. God made us the influence of the world. God made us the influence of the world. In Matthew 5 verse 13, it said that, ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is then thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. So in practicality, the reality is this, that we have been called by God as supernatural influences. We are, we are called by God as supernatural influences. Now, this, the, the mystery is this, that when Jesus was talking at this time, salt was one of the greatest commodities. If you dealt in salt at that time, you were one of the wealthiest men. On, on the earth at the time. Salt was a very precious commodity at the time. And it, was, it had preservative powers and it was a flavor enhancer. And, and, and I want to just touch on salt and why God has made us the salt of the earth. Our calling is, once you are born again, you have received the supernatural influencing status. You are an influencer from your small house to the biggest nation in the world. You are salt. And you must have that at the back of your mind as the church of God, oh God, oh God, oh God. I, I, I began to realize, I realized that what Jesus did for us is not attempting to do anything new. It is sitting down and meditating on what he has made us already. Because without meditation, we can't expect. no. no scripture says clearly in, in, in John and James 1.22, he said, he said, anyone that readeth this law and does not do what he has made, he said, now, 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 be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. The word can deceive you. You can walk in deception after Bible reading. You can walk in deception after even hearing this preaching, thinking that because of what you have heard, you see it in your life. Without meditation, you deceive yourself. He said, "Be here." He-, he said, "If you are a hearer of the word, be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves." Because if you do this, you'll be like a man that beholden his natural face in the mirror and forgetted what man he is. The word forget is not just a mental picture. It is a manifestative reality. It means that if I show up in a, a situation, now he used the same word manner of man he is. It's the same word that was used in the Greek for Jesus Christ when he stilled the storm and the Bible said the disciple wondered what manner of man is this. So that manner of man you are, forgetting what manner of man you are, is living a life. I mean, living a life as though you are powerless. Living a life as if you have not been called to the higher, higher caste in, in, in the realm of the spirit. Living a life as if you are not seated with the Lord in heavenly places. Living a life as if Satan has power more than God. Living a life where it's like you are always scared because it's as if God never really redeemed you. No, it is a life that makes us come to a full revelation and understanding According to that which scripture has said. And he says this. He said, if you don't meditate on the word. Now, I was, I was sharing with a group of people recently. In Deuteronomy chapter 34, the verse 9, the Bible says, And Moses laid hands on Joshua. And Joshua received the spirit of wisdom when hands were laid on him. So I thought that was enough. But in, in, in Joshua chapter 1, from the verse number 3, He said, Now my servant Moses is dead. Arise and go and possess the land which I give unto him and promise unto your fathers. Then he comes to verse eight and says that, now this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day in day night, that thou mightest observe to do all that is written therein, that thou might have good success. The, Greek, the Hebrew word for the word good success, there's the word sakal. Sakal is the Hebrew word for wisdom. So he's saying that this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and thou shalt observe to do that is written therein, that thou might have wisdom. You might have wisdom. I thought he had received the spirit of wisdom by impartation. But the manifestation of wisdom is not by impartation. It is by meditation. So there are things we have received by impartation. God has given us blessings, miracles, blessings in heavenly places. Without meditation, we will not be able to bring to manifestation what we have become. That is why in the New Testament, Jesus said that wherever the, through the Apostle Paul, Paul said wherever the Spirit of the Lord is there, there is liberty. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is there, there is liberty. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. And we all, with unveiled faces beholding us in a mirror, are changed. We are changed. We are metamorphosed from one state of glory to the another by the self-same Spirit. So our changing is not in our doing. We don't get changed and transformed because we did something. We got changed and transformed because we beheld truth. As I behold, I get changed. That's the principle of the new covenant. So Jesus said, you know how you're going to do this? Looking unto me, Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. He didn't say go and try praying. He didn't say go and try fast. He said looking unto me, the author and finisher of our faith. Do you know what Paul said in Colossians three nineteen? It says that we may know the love of Christ, not the love for Christ. The love of Christ, not the love for Christ. The love of Christ, uh, uh, Ephesians 3.19, that ye may know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be flooded. You know, the the King James says, filled unto the fullness of God. But the, the literal Greek says, flooded unto the full measure, overflowing with God. That's what it means, overflowing with God. So he's saying that to be filled with the fullness of God, in as much as fasting and prayers are required, it is in meditation on his love for you, not your love for him, his love for you, that you may know the love of Christ. Paul also said in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14, that the love of Christ constrained us. He didn't say my love for Christ constrained me. He said, when I realized his love for me, That's what I'm constrained by. So revelation is the key ingredient in the new covenant. In the old covenant, obedience and action, it was the key. But in the new covenant, we have come to the obedience of Christ. So we meditate on that obedience. And as we meditate on that obedience, we begin to see the manifestation of what has been wired into us. Beloved, we are the influencers of the world. How do I get to influence? I got to know. He says, I'm the salt of the earth the church is the salt of the earth the church is the salt of the earth the book of Thessalonians of the 2 you know, says that now he that will let will let no more till he be taken away so it means that we are the restrainers of evil upon the earth the day the church is taken out of the picture evil would de- there will be so much look the, the reason why evil seems to have gained ground is because the church has seemed to lost its mandate upon the earth and I'll get you to that right now he says that we are the salt of the earth and, and Israel is a warm country it's very temperate you know Israel is a very temperate nation and when you get to Israel you know, when you get to Israel it's so warm and it's virtually summer all the time of course they have winter from time to time but in general it has a very warm climate dry and all that so people hardly could preserve meat and there were no refrigerators at the time Jesus was talking so the way they preserved meat was that they sprinkled salt on the meat and prepared it so the meat was stayed from decaying the meat was stayed on the decaying. So it was the salt that prevented decay and decadence. It was the salt that was a preservative for these meats not to go bad. And what he's trying to say now is that Jesus said, You yeah, are the salt of the earth. In other words, we are the means of preservation on the earth. If anything will go bad in this earth, it is because the church has lost its saltiness. If anything will stink, it's because the church, all the evil we see, homosexuality, lesbian, because Satan found a way to trick the church into being self-centered than being God's government authority, being God's influences. The world is not influencing our dressing. It's not influencing our talk. It's influencing our music. So today you enter music, and there are very few people that, in fact, I'm telling you, there are so many gospel musicians. If you take out of 100 gospel musicians, it's only about 10 that are actually singing gospel. The rest are just singing about God. It's not gospel. It's religious songs. But few are actually gospel singers because the gospel is the picture and the revelation of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So any song that does not go into that, it's a religious song. It sounds nice. It sounds holy. It sounds inspirational. You can call it inspirational songs. But gospel song is this, that Christ died, resurrected, and has all power and authority in the heavenly. That then makes you a gospel singer. Every other thing is not the gospel. So there are few people. That's why now we are blessed by people like Pastor Nassana Basse, Theophilus Sunday, because they are singing gospel songs. Of course, if I didn't mention anyone, it doesn't mean they don't do that, but I'm just given in general, that we have a lot of inspirational songs, but few gospel music. Because entertainment, the way the world does things, the way the world uh, approaches that. Listen, I believe for a fact and certainty that gospel songs and the service of gospel uh, 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 ministers should cause an unbeliever to go like, no, I, I, no, this is something different. Because they, they've come to realize that these this people carry something. People should be slain under our music. People should be slain in our presence. People should just feel like like Like, no, sin has died. I I just don't feel anything when I get close to such people because the anointing of being influences is upon us. We are the salt of the earth. We are the salt of the earth. The world has cars. The world has material possession. The world has a lot of things. They have possessions and all that. But do you know, Bible says all things are ours. Everything the world has is for us. According to the book of James chapter 5, he said these worldly people, they are saving unto the day of, of, of the end. But the Lord himself, as he said in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 2, from 21 downwards, he said, he has given the wicked man travail, so that he may gather up and lay up for the righteous man, who will pity the poor. So when you see people having money and they are unbelievers, it's not because God is wicked and does not care. All those things they have, they are doing it for us. Who will pity the poor in the last times? So the world has properties and buildings and all those things. That's why it seems as if worldly people are more blessed than Christians. No! Our blessing is saltiness. Our blessing is spirituality. Our blessing is divine wisdom. Our blessing is integrity. And I always use the situation of Issachar and his brothers. When everybody was bringing 72,000, 37,000, 52,000, 88,000 to come and fight the battle, But always for Issachar and his sons. They understood the times. So they brought only 600. They brought 600 men. Because they understood the times, they didn't come to fight. They came to create strategy. And because they knew that these people don't know what they are doing. They are just gathering numbers, enthusiastic. But we know what they have to do. So they brought 600. These people became the strategic generals that showed Israel what they ought to do. That's what God has made us. He has given us divine wisdom. Let the world labor for you. He has given them toil. But for the righteous man, he has given them toil for you. I mean, when I read that scripture, I was boiling in my chair. I said, there's a great world transfer coming. But the church got to maintain its saltiness. There's a transfer of wealth coming, but the church got to maintain its saltiness. And I, 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 Ecclesiastes chapter 2, I just want to, <laughs> I just want to read it. And, and so we get what I'm talking about, that he says he has given the unbeliever, he has given, in, verse, in the verse, in the verse number 26, he said, for God giveth to a man that is good in his sight, wisdom. So this is the saltiness of the Christian. He give it to a good man that giveth to a man. Ecclesiastes chapter two, verse 26. For good God give it to a man that is good in his sight, wisdom, knowledge, and joy. But to the sinner, he giveth travail, to gather and to heap up that he may give to him that is good before God. So it means that he's making sinners work for us. That's what the Bible says. He's making sinners work for us who are good before God. And he says, we who are good, God has given us wisdom. God has given us knowledge. God has given us joy. God has given us spiritual sagacity, integrity. We are the directors of the nations. We are the people of solution in every place we find ourselves in. We must not lose our saltiness, no matter how much and no matter what happens. Our saltiness must be what we guard with our life. Listen, spirituality seems simple. You can slip into mysticism and spiritism. But spirituality is on a different scale. That is where divinity fuses with humanity. That is where the mind of Christ is activated. So now when you think, God has taught. So now when you choose, God has chosen. That is spirituality. Spirituality is the alignment of position to experience. And this spirituality is the goal of maturity. Where he said he has made us to sit together with him, far about principalities. My experience becomes that reality that has been said about him. Where he said be holy for I am holy My experience is I am working in holiness Where he says I abstain from fleshly lust My experience is that I am no more in fleshly lust Because now what he has made me Is what I am experiencing That is spirituality That is spirituality So we are salt of the earth Now let me just touch on some things the salt does And we get into prayer It says that we are the salt of the earth Number one in the time Jesus was talking Salt was used to enhance flavor so it was used to enhance flavor. So what it means is this: that brothers, and sisters, God sent us into the sphere of life. In fact, let me shock you today. According to Acts chapter seventeen, verse twenty-six, Acts seventeen twenty-six, the scripture said that when God was even allowing us to come to the earth by birth, Acts seventeen twenty-six. In Acts chapter seventeen, verse twenty-six, the Bible said that he had made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on the earth and had determined the times before appointed and their bounds of habitation. What he means is this, that God determined our times of appointment, and these times of appointment is in respect to when you should be born. God didn't let Adam be born in the 1500s. He didn't allow Adam to be born in the time of John Wesley, Charles Finney, and the rest. He decided that Adam should be born in the 80s for the purpose of the assignment God has determined for us. And when he determined that I should be born in the 80s, early 80s, what he determined was that as we were born in that season and time, it was because of what he had ahead of us. It was because of the agenda he had ahead of us. That's why God allowed us to be born in that time. I remember one time Bob Jones, Bob Jones, uh, that's the spiritual father of rejoiner, gave a prophecy. And he said something recently before he died uh, about five years ago on Valentine's Day. He said, the year that uh, Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl, that's going to be the greatest revival of God upon the face of the earth, even through the church in America. But he also gave a prophecy and said, he entered heaven and God showed him a box called, and he opened the shoebox and took out posters. And the Lord said to him, he says, he's bringing his greatest army upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said to him, he said, this is how you know the army of the Lord. He said, those that predate from 1975 down to 1980, all these ones are going to be my captains that usher in, my great army. But he said from 1980, 81 right down to he comes. These are all that are enlisted in the army of God from 1981. Because God told him that when he takes up the shoebox, the time that a stamp shall cost, uh, I think, uh, uh, um, 10 cents was the time that the beginning... Of the recruitment of the army of god will begin so from 1981 downwards all these people are designed for the move of god that is why you check american history and you check world history you realize that sexuality uh, 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 sexism drugs intensified in that age why because the moment god realized oh Mastaba, satan realized. satan does not know all things but he began to realize that the moment the first child was born on first january 1981 There were certain alignments in the constellations, arrangements in the heavens. Satan does not know all things, but he understands, because scripture says in Genesis 1 that he set the stars, the moon, and the sun for to tell times and seasons. So Satan, when he wants to know if someone great is about to be born, Bible said, they saw his star in the east. They see in the spirit that something has been born in this vicinity. And Bible said, they located the star in Bethlehem so that they realized that all the children that were born at the time the star appeared were all great ones. So they had to just find a way to just annihilate all of them so that they miss out on their blessing. The reality is this, that from 1981, God best physically his end time army. Everyone from 1981 till now is chosen for the army. Prior to that, they were preparing the army of God to take their inheritance. To take, of course, you can also spiritually line up. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the point is that from 1981, all of us in this age ring were designed by God to be part of the army of God. And the enemy went ahead of us to fight us to destroy things to create sexism. I mean, recently I was praying I said, Lord, this generation is too full of sex. And the Lord said to me, Says, Son. One of the things I require from this generation and will tell the overcomers in this generation is well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou overcame the last of your age because it's it's everywhere. It's everywhere. You just don't have to, you know, once we used in the, in the eighties, you have to go far before you could even contact any pornographic material. Now it's everywhere in your house. You are even watching a gospel and somebody will just send you a text or uh, send a comment, go to this site. And you think it's just a comment. When you click it, you wonder, oh, what, what is happening? Even though there's a preaching going on. It's everywhere because there's an army that has been called. So Satan, knowing his time is near, has begun to entrench his grip in the things and the people God has chosen. I always say that when Mary Magdalene was born, she wasn't born to be a prostitute, but some way, somehow, when the enemy realized he would encounter the Messiah, when the enemy realized that he would encounter the Lord Jesus Christ, he decided to work in her evil. The same with the Samaritan woman, but little did he know that his damaging of the person was creating spiritual feet and clothes, spiritual crevices by the, which God will fill that individual. So in our day, there will be darkness but the littlest star will shine brightest. Why? Because the more Satan has intruded into your soul, the more Satan has damaged your spirit, the more God will have more holes, more crevices to fill. So if you are addicted to anything, that addiction will now be the addiction to God. It will be an addiction to his word, an addiction to prayer, an addiction to all night's vigils. Why? Because you were addicted to the club when God lifted that feeling from you. The void was left in your soul and now it has been replaced with an addiction for prayer, an addiction for fasting, an addiction for meeting, an addiction for all night, an addiction for vigils. And because God will turn the wickedness of Satan to become a weapon in his hand. Glory to God. So he determined our times and our season, when we should be born and all the years. And Bible says also determine our bounds of habitation. Where God caused us, where God caused us to be born, was determined by himself for the purpose of his work. So we were not born into the families we were born into by mistake. Why? He sent us as preservers. He sent us as preservatives. Your mother might have knelt down and prayed, Father, save this family. And brother, sister, when you showed up, like Simeon, who lifted Messiah in Luke chapter two, that my eyes has now seen not the savior, but the salvation of Israel. When they dedicated you, they thought they were naming you John. They thought they were name, naming you uh, 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 what they call it. Uh, 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 what the, uh, Any name, Femi, whatever it is. And when they lifted you to the heavens, they said, Lord, this is Femi, the son you gave us. This is uh, 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 Linda, the the daughter you gave us. This is uh, uh, Stephanie. You are just lifting the people before the Lord. But little did you know that in their ignorance, it was an answer to the prayer in the family that that is the salvation of what your house. This person is going to be the means by which the decadence, the trouble, the death will be turned around. That is why today, God has made you a praying person. Not for you, not for a job, not for a husband, not for a wife, but beyond you, your family, your business, your vicinity, your area. Someone prayed and is dead, but you entered the area because you became the solution of God to that area. We are the salt of the earth. And number one, we have flavor. When we enter into the lives of people, we add flavor to their lives. We should, we all about When people are disappointed, And show up around us. We add flavor to their lives. Any disappointed person that comes in contact with someone from the church must add, must receive flavor. He must receive meaning. Color must come to their life. But unfortunately, we don't know what we are about. So we rather cause more damage when we meet damaged people. We must add flavor to their life. It must be the reason why they are excited. They are gloriously happy. Now, number two, two, in the time of Jesus, we had the first aid box. And to, your, to, the, to, the, to my surprise, when I checked it out, their first aid box had a kit called salt. It was a small bottle of salt that was used in their first aid box kit. And that first aid box had salt, which was used as an antiseptic. It was, it was used as an antiseptic. In other words, when someone was wounded or had a wound, they poured salt on it as first aid. They sprinkled salt on it as first aid. It was not just used as... Uh, 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 on wounds as an antiseptic. It was actually also used as a means by which livestock were pre- pre- preserved from ectoparasites, and parasites that cause problems in their bodies. So they sprinkled salt in the pen, the sheep pen, and all those things, they sprinkled all around, so that the germs and the viruses would die around. Brothers and sisters, Christianity is not an escape route to heaven. Christianity is not an escape route to heaven. It is a seal of divine dominion. It is a seal of divine dominion. He kept us here on earth to become the antiseptic for the earth. We became the means by which the world received a deliverance from disease. A deliverance from wounds A deliverance from confusion We are here to become the antiseptic For many people we meet Anyone that is sick When you say in the name of Jesus Get out that is the action of the salt, which is an antiseptic. That is the action of a salt, which is an antiseptic. Every healing service, it is an antiseptic for that action to become salt in anyone's wound, to become salt in anyone's disease. So as long as you show up, you are the means. Listen, everyone looks up to government. The Nigerian people are looking up to Nigerian government. Ghanaian people are looking at Every world in UK, in Canada, in the US, everyone is looking up to their government. But brother, sister, God is looking up to them church. God is not looking to the government. He's looking to the church because the government of God is the church. The government of God is the church. Daniel chapter 10, before Alexander the Great was coming, the Bible says, there arose against you the prince of Persia, but the prince of Grisha, that young lion, cometh. So before Alexander the Great invaded Babylon, God told him, God told Daniel about the coming of Alexander the Great. God looks to the church, while the world looks to government. God looks to the church how the world looks to government. Number, number, but <laughs> coach, tell me. Listen, they, 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 they are, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this because if we can understand that we are the salt of the earth. We are the salt of, 800 million uh, um, street children by this year, 2020. And it's even increased now because of Corona and all that. Then we also have 1 million children are sold into child prostitution yearly. 70 million refugees. 35,000 people die of hunger daily and hunger related diseases. 35,000 people die daily of hunger and hunger-related diseases, And the church has become selfish. Gather for yourself, your family, your children, you're happy. No, there's a work to be done. We are the salt. We are the antiseptic of the world. Much more, salt was used as fertilizer. And of course, if, you, if, if you're if you an agriculturist or you, you've dealt with some agricultural people, they'll tell you that when you sprinkle salt upon a soil, you increase the quality of the soil. There's some uh, amount of salt in every fertilizer. You see the, the nitrogen, potassium, You know, all those things you put in the iodine content of the soil. When you sprinkle it, when you sprinkle it upon the soil, the sodium content of the soil, when you put upon it, it increases the quality of the soil. And actually, when Jesus said, ye are the salt of the earth, the literal was, ye are the salt of the soil. Ye are the salt of the soil. Ye are the salt of the soil. And when the salt is put upon the soil, it increases soil quality. It increases soil quality to increase bamper harvest. We are the salt of the soil that causes people to experience fruitfulness. When we show up, there must be increase. Oh, when Laban pursued Jacob when he ran from his house, he said, do not go anywhere, my son. I will not harm you, for I have learned of a surety that God has blessed me because of you. He said, God has blessed me because of you. God has blessed me because of you. And the Bible says, and Potiphar prospered because Joseph was in his house. We are the salt, the fertilizer of companies, the fertilizer of institutions, the fertilizers of businesses. We are the reason why people must prosper. We are the reason why people must do well. We are the reason why people must come to profit. We must not cause people loss. But we become reasons by which God blesses people. And Laban said the same thing when he had pursued Jacob. He said, I have known for a fact of a truth that God has blessed me because of you. God has blessed me because of you. May that be your story wherever you find yourself. In in, in the 19th century, there was a, a, a scientist called Dr. Davis Humphrey. And as he worked As a scientist who had an orderly that was working under him, he was envying that orderly. And he said the orderly was so perfect in all he did. So though he was an orderly and not necessarily a science-oriented person, he was doing so well, doing so magnificent, his boss began to envy him. And actually, this scientist, if you're a scientist yourself, is actually called Michael Faraday. Michael Faraday. And he was just an orderly, a lab attendant. Yet he did so well, he excelled his boss was envying him. God bore vash That's what Bible says, Joseph prospered in prison. Joseph prospered in prison. Joseph prospered in prison. prison. No matter where we are, no matter the job we find ourselves in, let us cease from memory. Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 verse 14, do nothing. He said, do nothing without He said, don't do anything with memories and complaints and disputing. Do all things without memories, complaints and disputings but that ye may be blameless and holy. Sons of God in a crooked and perverse generation. We are the salt of the earth. Though Joseph was a prisoner, though Joseph was a prisoner, though Joseph was a prisoner, Bible said that he prospered in prison and everyone that was there received the blessing of his prosperity. We are the salt of the earth. I'm the salt of the earth. I'm the salt of the earth. I'm the reason why a company prospers. I'm the reason why people don't die. Because I'm a preservative. I'm a preservative. When I show up, I keep the people. When I show up, and I like what the Apostle Paul said in Acts 27, that he had prayed that this journey is going to be tumultuous and, 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 and full of desire, disaster. But Bible the Bible says that the centurion did not listen to Paul. Rather went to listen to uh, 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 the captain of the ship. And Paul told him, I said, if you don't listen to what I'm saying, I sense say that we shall lose the ship, we shall lose our goods, and we shall lose men. This man didn't listen. And went ahead and carried out his business. And Bible says, along the line, a strong wind, which was of the class of a typhoon. The King James Version calls it Euroclidon. But other versions says, a strong wind of typhoon class, a hurricane, came upon the water that came from the shores of Mysia and broke down their ship. And they were scattered. And they began to sink. And Bible said, the people were full of fear in Acts 27. And Paul stood up and said, men and brethren, be of good cheer. For last night, an angel appeared to me and said, none shall be lost because of you. So when you enter a plane, the next time you enter a bus, the next time you enter an Okada, the next time you enter a a, a keke, the next time you enter a taxi, whatever time you sit in a vehicle, whether the person is a believer or not, know this, that that car, that location is kept by the power of God because you are there. For your sake, the people there will be preserved. And he says, I was spoken to that no life shall be lost. (laughs) No life shall be lost. You see, Paul's days, they started, uh, lives matter. So that that time it was uh, 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 the the prisoners' lives matter. But he said, no life shall be lost. And rather, the ship was lost, goods were lost, but every one of them was kept to the shore. I came to call us and round us to a place. We are the salt of the earth. We are the salt of the earth. We are the reason why decadence cannot be seen in the earth. We are the reason why God has preserved the earth. And I'll say this. Today, the earth you see is not stinking. But miraculously, for over 6,000 years, people have died. Trees have died. Animals have died. All sorts of things have died and are found under the earth. Isn't it amazing? All the refuse and all that that we produce daily and yearly has not created. Even in your own house, creatures die. You pour certain things that are stinking in the soil. But somewhere, somehow, your house isn't stinking. Your vicinity isn't stinking because there is salt in the earth. It is that which prevents decadence. It is that which prevents decadence. I pray that the Lord will open our eyes. Let's pray right now in the name of Jesus. That Lord, I am the salt of the earth.
1: Yes, Lord.
0: The mystery is this. The mystery is this, before we pray. Jesus said, if we lose our saltiness, then men shall step on us. The reason why the church is being downtrodden today is because we have lost our salt. I spoke to some people recently, I told them that we don't need 30 Christians in government. The reason why it seems as if we need a lot of Christians in very powerful positions, and in government, and in banking, and in movie, is because, unfortunately, the salt capacity of Christians has reduced. And like any dish you are cooking, the less the savor of the salt, the more salt you need to pour into it. The sharper the salt, the less of it you use. The sharper our spirituality. If God, listen, God didn't need 10 Daniels, He needed one Daniel for a whole nation. In fact, for a whole empire, God needed only one Daniel. That is the principle of God. If God can find one person in Canada, one person in the U.S., one person in America, in Australia, one person in Germany, one person in U.K., everywhere he, he wants to do anything, in the street, God needs one person. He doesn't need all the street to be Christian. Only one man is enough. Only one man is enough. If God took one man, John Knox, for the entire Scotland, if one man can handle a country, then I think that 20 people on the streets will cause explosions in the spirit. But if our salt content is low, if we have allowed ourselves to be influenced and dictated to and educated by the world, we lose our saltiness. And you know the shocking thing? That is why today people insult Christians anyhow, because our salt is gone. But I pray, as we begin to pray today, La Lord, if my saltiness is my spirituality, my saltiness is my union with you. My saltiness is the intensity of my fellowship with you. Then today, we want to lift up our voice, oh God. I want us to pray right now in the name of Jesus. That Father, anyhow, we have lost our saltiness. Anyhow, we have lost our saltiness. That has made us less sharp. Less influential. Less preservative. Less antiseptic in situations. Less enhancing of fruitfulness in situations. Today, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's lift up our voice and begin to pray. We are praying this particular prayer. We are an army of salt. We are an army of salt. You have to tell God, Lord, I'm enough for my family. I am enough for my streets. I am enough for my church. If everyone is bowing down to the the image of
1: the, book and the i <laughs> do not i a <laughs> the of the <laughs> I am sais
0: pas si je I am a sort of the earth. I do not lose my silver. I do not lose my silver. Lord, in case I've lost my silver and men are trampling on me, I declare the name of Jesus. As my silver is the wisdom, as my silver is the knowledge of God, as my silver is the favor of God, as my
1: silver is, is my spirituality, as my silver is integrity. I declare the name of Jesus. of Eu não sei se você aqui. 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 Eu 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 aqui. Hey bra 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 Ebara bara to be ebara bara bara to ebara bara ebara 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 Refuse to give up, and there is a people won't die, and there is a people be fulfilled, and there is a people be blessed. The people who be have been made out, and Rabada was shut up, and deceptive, and a mass and a lot of of glory. They're balabas, and I show up this multiplier, and I show up miracles multiplier. I am a samba a balabas. I am an answered to prayer, and I've made us answers to prayer, and i made us answers. To prayer. God has made us access to prayer, God has made us access to prayer. When you show up in the life of a person, answer to prayer, Baya, Rego Baya, and 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 quando barocchi da sotto delle varie <inaudible> mani della madre della chiesa dopo casa cosa che era pareva schiera pareva che la papavera era tagliata era pareva dalla dalla una coppa di sacca che non pareva che dovevano andare a casa 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 a gente possa trabalhar o que e que que a gente o que 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 a gente I can't imagine. I'm not a poor and 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 I'm not a and I'm not a poor and I'm not a and I'm not a poor and I'm not a and I'm not a poor and I'm not a and I'm not a poor and I'm not a and I'm not a poor and I'm not a and I'm not a poor and I'm not a and I'm not a poor and I'm not a and I'm not a poor and I'm not a and I'm not a poor and I'm not a and I'm not a poor and I'm not a and I'm not a poor and I'm not a and i a poor and I'm not a I was <laughs> born for such a time. Born for such a time. I'm part of the army. I'm part of the army. So I take my place as <laughs> the shot of the earth My place is <laughs> a divine influence. My place is <laughs> a divine influence. Sure, everything that Everybody lacks flavor, bring flavor, flavor. to it. Everything that lacks color, bring color to it. I saw the light I got the light.
0: Let me see the light. Let me the light. Amen. Amen. Vashti was beginning to throw tantrums against her husband's exit. All of a sudden, God found opportunity to speak to a young girl through the uncle Mordecai that speaks to Esther to prepare herself and keep herself because I have a blessing for her. While her friends were being betrothed into marriage, Esther was being kept because God had a bigger plan than a common marriage in her vicinity. She was being prepared for a king she had never met before. Even a king that was a gentle king. And once upon a time, when Vashti misbehaved, Xerxes was moved with anger and caused and divorced and declared a party that he wants a new wife. And God supernaturally linked Esther to the palace. In Esther chapter 3, the Bible says, Mordecai took hints that a certain gentleman who was the descendant of Agag, that same king, that Saul refused to kill, when God sent him to wipe out the Amalekites, for which cause mm. he lost his kingdom, a descendant of Hagar had intrinsic generational hatred for the Jews because of mm. what they had done to their nation. So this descendant, Haman, showed up on the stage and planned and concocted the means to increase his power so he could wipe out all the Jews. But some way, somehow, Mordecai took hint of his plan and suggested to Esther that speak to your husband because we are about to be killed. And she was like, can I do this? It's so easy meeting the man. If I'm not careful, I'll die. And and Mordecai said, if you don't do this, God will find another way to save us. But Esther, let me tell you, you were brought into the kingdom at such a time as this. In other words, he was telling Esther, it's not because of your beauty. It's not because of any favor God gave you. You were serve in the place of power so you can preserve your people. I pray that today we will come to Revelation in the same vein there was a young Jewish girl who was taken captive in the days of the battle between Israel and Assyria. He was taken captive to Syria and she found herself serving in the house of a general whose name was Naaman. And Bible said he was leprous from head to toe tried all the physicians in his city. But somehow, somehow, this little girl said, I know a prophet from the country I come from. His name is Elisha. If you can see him, you receive your healing. In other words, God allowed this girl to be captured so she can become a means of deliverance for her master. I pray that from today, the revelation that we have sought, so that the clients we meet, the contracts we have, the positions we occupy, will have revelation at the back of our head, that it is intended for the preservation and the enhancement and the lifelong agenda of God in the preservation, in multiplication, in the prosperity of that which God wants to do on the earth. May God give us grace. Remember, we are God's influences and we are God's junction of government on the face of the
2: earth. It's precious mighty name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. 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 And so, Father, we release the summon today with the decree that this army is being summoned into the position of saltiness. Lord, we declare that if there be anyone on this prayer call that has lost a sense of perspective with respect to who they are, what they carry, and what they've been called to do. Father, we decree that perspective is being restored in the name of Jesus. Father, if there is anyone who was broken, and they were broken beyond the ability to believe that they carry something to give, Yes. We begin to speak to those areas of brokenness. We begin to speak to those cracks in your life. We begin to speak to everything that the enemy has thought was the foothold. And we decree and we declare that in the name of Jesus, it yes. is in that exact place that the pulpit. Of God will be mounted in your life. In the name of Amen. Jesus. We will to speak to every wound. That would have been speak- be speaking Amen. of evil. Amen. And would have been speaking of. You know Amen. pain. But we we'll begin to decree that every wound in your heart. Begin Amen. to speak Amen. of the power of the gospel. Amen. In the name Amen. of Jesus. We we'll begin to summon Amen. this army today. And we say everyone on this call. You will step forward. As you are summoned. Amen. You will step Amen. forward as you are summoned. Today, by the name of the Lord God Almighty, by the name of Jesus, the one who commands this army, we call you forth. And we say, Step forward into the call of God. And we say, Step forward into the call of this. City. And we say, Step forward into the call of this generation. We say, Let the generals arise from the midst of us. Let those who carry the banner arise from the midst of those. Let them take in the artillery of the spirit. Let them arise from the midst of us. <laughs> Let those who are trained spiritual strategies and battle strategies. Let them arise from the midst of us. Let those who are the foot soldiers who run ahead let them Amen. arise from the midst
0: of us. Let them arise from
2: the midst of us. People the who the are in the ability to navigate in the airways yes, arise Lord. from the midst yes, of us. Lord. In the oh great, I
1: God, we call in you Lord. into Lord. the someone of the spirit. We
2: call you into the summon of the times yes, and the season. Yes, we call Father. you into the someone of this generation yes, Lord, with decree and we the that there is the yes. fire that is being shared yes. up in your heart. He is a a name fire in the name of Jesus. Jesus. It, is is yes. of it is a in the fire that is
1: beyond your life.
2: It is a yes, fire Lord. that is beyond your It is a fire that is beyond your trouble. It yes, is a fire of awareness and a fire Lord. of awakening yes, that is being shared Father. in this great army. We yes, yes. the green yes. and with the blood that Father, no one know. is going to be left behind. Because we are it together, shoulder to shoulder, arm in hand. We are creating an unbreakable chain of power. He I am ha- he- you I am I
1: am I am I
2: am I am
1: you We are to we we are to we are to we are to we to we are to we are to e e è e Thank you, Yibadon, thank you, are you, thank
2: you, thank you, thank you,
1: thank you, 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 King you, he,
2: <laughs> creator of the thank
1: sustainer of all
2: things. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Master
2: of the
1: universe,
2: Lord and King is here. Creator of oh, the galaxies, sustainer
1: of all things, who compares to you, who
2: is like our God, and we proclaim Jehovah. You alone are God, and who
1: compares to
2: you? Uh, Who is like our
1: God? And we proclaim Jehovah.
2: You alone are God. Hallelujah! Lord, hallelujah to Hallelujah!
1: Hallelujah! King
2: yes, you are the Master of the Universe. Oh, Lord. There is so much God. We recognize that there is so much that we are being summoned to, that we don't even know yet. Mm -hmm. We know that the someone that we have on this earth, someday is going to be scaled up into an eternal someone that will span for universes. Mm -hmm. So God, we receive the training of our lifetime. We receive the training that you are giving to us on this side on of our life. Of Father, yeah. I pray for everyone on this call. Yes. I pray that we will mm. you will receive wisdom. You will receive wisdom. You will receive wisdom. It is one thing Amen. to be summoned. It is another thing to receive the summon. But yes. it is Jesus something name. else to be able to sustain the summon. Yes. I pray that God will give you wisdom. To be able to navigate through the intricacies of your calling. I pray that God will give you conviction to be able to stand in the day that the storm comes. But most especially, I pray that God will give you the heart of a builder. So that you will not only observe the movements of the spirit, but you yourself will be a movement.
1: That everywhere you
2: are and everywhere you appear. That things will begin to move in the circle of the spirit of God. Father, we give you praise. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you, because you have been here with us, and that which you have established in us, oh God, this morning, we would not lose. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, um, Prophet Adam, for. Hey. It's another time of the Word of God and <laughs> yes. empowerment and strength. Is. God. My brother, is always such an honor to, you know, just sit down here, be watered, be blessed, um, and all that God has placed inside of you, you. know, But the thing is, like I always tell people, it's not a gift. Everything that God is giving to you is already in a seed form within you. You just have to water it. You just have to grow it. So, for Adam is not... The things that he says, the knowledge when he talks about Michael Faraday, he talks about history, he talks about the meaning of this word the Greek word, the Hebrew word. It is not a gift. He had to grow, whatever it is. He had to learn, he had to study, he had to give himself to prayer and to the word. He had to give himself to process. So when you hear a person spilling out revelation, you understand that this person has stayed, has waited, has been processed by God. So in this army, you are called, but you have to allow yourself to be put through the training. You have to allow yourself to be put through the training. I said, teaching, telling the class I was teaching today, I say, don't just seek for knowledge. Seek for the knowledge of God. It is Praise possible to seek for knowledge everywhere, but then mm-hmm. you don't have the substance of the spirit. You will say mm-hmm. a thousand things and nobody's spirit is dead. But when you seek for the knowledge of God, when you speak, mm. there is something, there is substance to your words. So I pray Hmm. and I ask everyone, give yourself this season. God is preparing us for something that is coming. And as I was teaching the people of Influence Academy today, I said, why am I teaching you about influence? I said, because a time is coming and the Hmm. time that is coming really close is going to be called Mysterious. That is wow. how the world, the news, we describe the days that are ahead of us. And I said, something is about to happen starting from October. So I wow. want you to understand that, you see, all these teachings you are being bombarded with left, right, and center. Prayer Cause it's not because we are mad. We don't have anything to do with our time. That's why we're waking up every day to pray. Yes, that's why we're teaching every day. Anybody who has a sense of what the Spirit is doing, you can tell that there is a sense of urgency to prepare God's people. And so okay. it's a preparation for what is coming. And the time yeah. that is coming will be described, even by the world, as mysterious. And yeah. I was teaching them that the word mystery derives its original root from the secrets of kings. That's how the word started. Yeah. When kings would come together and strategize, what they strategized about was called mystery. The secret of kings. And you see, when God is about to elevate his people, what he does is that he gives them insights into secrets. So okay. when the world calls it mysterious, what is going to happen is that a new breed of kings are going to arise. Hallelujah. And yes. who have the understanding of that things and things um, that are in your secret places. So it is your time. So God is schooling you in prophetic signs and symbols. God is teaching you how to interpret things. God is stirring up your spirit on how to understand the world. He's showing you how to navigate in the realm of the spirit. He's giving you spiritual mm-hmm. intelligence. He's showing you how to walk around, you know, the, the, the traps of Satan and how yes. to arise stronger for you to become a stronghold mm. in yourself. Because mm. a day is coming and the day is closed. And only those who God can trust, the Bible says, God will reveal mysteries to those who are wise.
1: <laughs> That's this such, is such, not the
2: time to say, you know, I'm weak. That's why I'm committing this sin. No, these are the days to walk circumspectly. That's
1: to nice.
2: Those who are wise, to those who embrace wisdom, the king will reveal his heart.
1: Hallelujah. The
2: king will reveal his heart. Hallelujah. So great army of God prepare, um, Amen. we meet again tomorrow. We continue on this great match, um, again Amen. tomorrow. And I trust that, um, God, who has begun this great work in us, he will complete it. I believe he's going to teach us again, um, next week, Sunday. Uh, so yes, so let's get ready. Join every day. Wake up your friends, wake up your family. Don't eat alone. You see me the way I am. I like to share. Once God brings me to something, ah, everybody, come and hear. Be the same, do the work of an evangelist. That's what the Bible commands mm-hmm. us. You don't need to be ordained into an office to perform in the office. There are people that yeah. will get to heaven, hear Jesus call them apostles, and you say, if ah, ah. Yeah. So if you don't have a position in church, do the work. Mm-hmm. Don't seek after the title, just do the work. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so go up, evangelize, tell them to come and pray. We'll continue again tomorrow. God bless you. Um, bless you. Thank you everybody
1: yes. you know, thank join you.
2: whatever is happening. There's power hour going on. Stephanie, God bless you for you know just in fact <laughs> Stephanie, if only you understood what God has ahead of you in the seasons that is coming, but it is where mm-hmm. we leave that to Jesus to reveal, you know. So God bless you for holding the forth and for pushing and pressing through and your amazing team that God has gathered around you. God bless you all. Um so mm-hmm. everyone, join power hour, join you know prayer initiatives, you know, listen to messages, listen to sermons, follow Prophet Adam. He does something on Periscope, you know. So you know, go and be blessed. Go and look for sermons everywhere. YouTube. Feed yourself. A famine is coming. So feed, feed, feed. Eat up. Um, yes. Anyway, God bless you. See you all tomorrow. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs>